Let me just pray right now as we launch out and let's trust God to bring revelation into our hearts today. Heavenly Father, we do set this time aside for the teaching and the proclamation of your word. And Lord, we want to hear from heaven at this time. And we thank you, Father, that you're teaching us, you're instructing us, you're affirming your love and your care for us. And Lord, we choose... Uh, Lord, to be attentive to your word. We choose not to be distracted. We declare that we are hungry for God's word. We are hungry for more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, this morning, uh, the title of today's message is How to Develop Overcoming Faith. How to Develop Overcoming Faith. Um, Interesting, Pastor Jim brought a, a, a word last week that was in many respects a word of caution of what uh, potentially lies in the future, a word of warning even to say that stuff's coming in the future that will be very difficult for people to, to handle. But the thing is, if we walk by faith, we can handle anything. You see, this is the deal. If people walk by faith, there's nothing the devil can throw at us. There's nothing that can go on in the world that will shake us and throw us off course. And so I want to begin the message today. Of course, we are away the following week, and the week after that, we will have Mario Morello here, and who knows, uh, the week after we might be able to carry on. We want to speak about faith. We want to speak about developing overcoming faith. You know, the Bible speaks about various uh, levels of faith, and faith can grow. It's not a matter of having it or not having it. It is have a matter of having it and develop it, developing it to, to grow so that it works in all situations and in all areas of our lives. So the su subtitle of today's message then will be Growing in Faith to Receive All of God's Grace. Um, We've been ministering now for a number of weeks about God's grace uh, and living in God's grace and so forth. And uh, I want to pick up on that scripture again that we've had as our theme scripture for this whole series of messages. Uh, and I want to read it again in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. And by the way, scripture, verses is a little bit like, you know, when you squeeze uh, an orange and you get juice out of it. Let me tell you, there's still plenty more juice in there. We can squeeze these things some more and get some more juice out of it. It's like a, a, verse, a, a verse of scripture is like a piece of bread. You can take another bite of it and it'll nourish your spirit. Um, and uh, so let's not get to the place of saying, well, we've heard that before we want something fresh. I think there is much more in there that we need to lay a hold of. So here we go. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. It says, now that we have been put right with God through faith. Everybody say, through faith. So how have we been put right with God? The answer is through faith. All right. It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we have it through faith. Um, and then it goes on to say in verse 2, He has brought us by faith. Everybody say, by faith. by faith. He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace in which we now live. And so we boast of the hope that we have of sharing of God's glory. So the Bible now uh, uses phrases in here that we may have passed over when we spoke about grace uh, because we wanted to focus and emphasize the whole truth about grace. But you know what? If we pass over faith, we will never be able to lay a hold of God's grace because God's grace is, is received by faith. And so we want to now discuss faith a little bit, and I want to build a little bit of a foundation today that we can build on in some weeks to come, and we're going to take it slowly. Um, you know, um, the whole area of, 
of faith. Some of us have heard faith teaching for some time, but we need to be reminded again. But others have never heard faith teaching. They don't know to speak the language of faith. They don't really know that, uh, that they have um, a faith that God's given to them that needs to be developed and that needs to be uh, growing so that we can receive more from God of everything that He has provided for us. I'm always amazed when I see a newborn baby uh, and baby's got all the hands, all the legs, all the fingers, all the, you know, everything that that baby needs. But you know what? At a certain stage, we we realize the baby has just discovered its hands. You know, you got a little boy there or you got a little girl and you know, they're sort of, uh, you know, as they do, they just, baby's just always moving while they're awake and everything. And suddenly they realize it's like, you know, like, oh gosh, there's hands here. You know, in fact, I'm just amazed at my grand son here, just this amazing thing where he'd stretch out his hands and he'd sort of turn them around and he'd be looking at his hands. He's just discovered his hands. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, you know, they were there all the time, but didn't know how to purposely use them to reach out and grab something and to pull it in. Um, and of course, now we're training him to, to develop his hands to the extent that he's able to feed himself. Not quite there yet, but he's on his way. You see, and it's like that with Christians. Christians, they've heard about this faith thing. You know, they're like, faith is like hands to receive. God's given us hands to receive what he's provided for by his grace. And when we discover that we have hands of faith, and when we learn how to use them, then we're really in business. Now we're talking that everything that God's provided we can receive it. And that's why this teaching uh, is on. And that's why we need to be reminded again about everything that God's done for us. You know, the reality is that unless we are constantly in, uh, reminded of things, things can get away on us. You know, we've got stuff staring at us at every corner. You know, there is fact. You know, it may be a fact that sometimes people are struggling. But the truth is that God calls us an overcomer. And we can either agree with fact or we can agree with truth. You know, it may be a fact that somebody has come down with an illness, but the truth is that God calls us healed by the stripes of Jesus. That's the truth. So, you know, we either agree with fact or we agree with truth. And that's why the Bible says that we're not to be double-minded because the Bible says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And here's what double-mindedness looks like. Uh, people think that you look this way and you look that way. Well, actually, it's like this. People look at fact and people look at truth. And people look at fact and people look at truth. And they can't quite know uh, which one to agree with. And the, the reality is that God wants us to agree with truth regardless of what we see on the ground. We begin to confess truth. Uh, we begin to affirm truth. We begin to agree with God. We agree with truth. And that's what it means to walk by faith. Uh, and so that's kind of a starting point of where we're headed for the next uh, few weeks. And uh, just to again affirm uh, the definition that we had uh, about grace. We said that grace is God's undeserved favor towards us. It is divine favor and blessing upon us. It's not just towards us, but it, it is upon us. Uh, grace is also favorable regard and God's divine goodwill towards us. You know, we've said before that God looks at us and God likes us. Not only does God love us, but God likes us. How many of you know that sometimes you know you love somebody, but sometimes you don't like them? Uh, it's, I, don't, I love you, but right now I don't like you. But you know, God loves us and God likes us. All right, that's part of the favor of God towards us. And then we also said that it is God's empowerment um, 
and equipment for ministry. So that's the definition of grace. But what is the definition of faith? Well, there are several, and we'll be discussing some of them along the way. But let me give you two as a starting point. Number one, faith is the ability to receive God's grace. Faith is the ability to receive God's grace. Just because God's grace has been given and poured forth and is made available, uh, just a whole range of, of benefits that we have as believers, we've still got to have faith to receive it. Uh, then secondly, faith is the unwavering belief that God's word is true. Yes, we have fact on the ground. Yes, we have things uh, that, uh, that, are, that are staring at us. But you see, truth is unchangeable no matter what happens on the ground. You see, facts come and go. Uh, and particularly sometimes we're feeling, people, some feeling are sometimes are just all over the place. Feelings change. Feelings are up and down and back and forth. And one day people are feeling great and the next day are feeling terrible and everything. But truth is always constant. Truth is always the, cha- always the same. Jesus says the truth cannot be broken. Uh, the Word of God cannot be broken. It is always there. It is, it is just always the same. And it will behoove us. Now here's a word. It will behoove us to agree with truth rather than to agree with fact on the ground. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Are we all right, everybody? Did I just speak Dutch there for a moment? Uh, <laughs> I used to speak Dutch, literally, I used, to, I used to speak Dutch. But anyway, we're here to speak English today, praise God, and we might speak in tongues in a little while. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So, grace and faith are like traveling companions. They always move around together. Grace and faith move around together. They have to. Because God's grace can only be received By faith. Everybody say, by faith. faith. We receive God's grace by faith. We receive everything that God has provided in His graciousness towards us. We receive all of that by faith. So it seems to me that we need to learn what it means, what that word by faith means. Now, before, we've just read our opening scripture. It talks, talks about by faith and through faith. Don't get yourself confused whether it's by or through. The focus is not on the by or on the through. The focus is on faith. It's by faith or through faith. Faith is the instrument that God uses to get stuff to us. All right? And faith is the instrument that we use to reach out. Faith is like the key that unlocks every blessing that God has provided for us. So it seems to me that faith is probably a bit more important than what uh, we might have given it credit. I remember Vanessa and I were in the States at a Kenneth Hagen camp meeting uh, many years ago now. It was 1986, 1987. And they had Fred Price ministering there on faith. And gosh, it was just excellent. It was just brilliant. I still remember what he preached. Uh, It so impacted our lives at the time. And we had already you know, been journeying in faith, but it just took us to an entirely new level. And he made a statement. He says, he says, many people treat their faith like a spare tire in their car. And then he asked the question is, how many of you that have driven to the meeting here today, how many of you have thought about your spare tire? No hands went up. Why? Because we don't think about our spare tire when we hop in the car and drive away. Well, let's not be treating our faith like that. We ought to be thinking about faith and developing this thing and get this thing pumping and working like all the time. All right? And so that's like the deal that uh, 
We're talking about grace and faith moving around together. You see, when we hear God's word taught about grace, faith is right there to help us receive it. How many of you, you would have found that your faith has been growing in the last few weeks when we discussed God's grace, like there was just suddenly something, just things were just rising to a new level. How many of you found that to be the case? Why is that? Because we heard God's word on grace, and as that happened, faith came and it rose to a new level. All right. And if we can understand that process, like, oh, of course, that's how it happens. Oh, boy, I smacked myself a bit hard there before. So, uh, oh, is that how it happens? You know, we, we can be purposeful. We can be purposeful about these things and purposefully hear the word because we know it'll cause faith to rise uh, to an entirely new level. Now, I'm getting a bit uh, ahead of myself, but anyway, this is how it goes. So, God has not only extended His grace towards us, but he's, always, he's also given us his faith to receive it. All right? Without faith to receive, God's grace would always only be either just a word or a theory. But with faith to receive, with faith to receive, God's grace becomes a reality in our lives. I was in a prayer meeting uh, some time ago. Um, doesn't 15 people there. I'm not talking as in church prayer meeting. It was just another, another prayer meeting. And we were kind of praying, and, or should I say some of us were praying and releasing our faith. And, and uh, I, I tell you, I, I could have literally gone around the room and I could have said, there's faith here, there's faith here, there's no faith there, there's no faith there, but there's faith here and there's none there. Because you, you see, once you learn the language of faith, you recognize it and you know who speaks it and you know who don't speak it. You just absolutely know it. And, 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 so, and so, you know what? It's, uh, somebody said once, it's, it's not what we know that's our problem. It's what we don't know that's our problem. And it's not about putting one down and setting up another and, and saying that some of us are better than others. It's not about that. But here's the truth. You see, God says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And we need to learn. We need to learn things so that we have the right knowledge, that we got the wisdom of God for every situation. We got the understanding. We know exactly what to do uh, and everything else. So, so that's kind of a, a, a very, very important aspect uh, that we learn the language of faith. Sometimes people catch it early and they're away with it. They might not always use the exact wording and everything, but you know, it's not so much the wording per se. It, the Bible speaks of the spirit of faith. We are embracing the spirit of faith. Paul says, he says, we have the same spirit of faith. Uh, and, and we will discuss some of that as to what that looks like and, uh, and what we need to do in order to operate uh, by this spirit of faith. So we embrace faith. Uh, uh, we learn the language of faith and we choose to walk by faith rather than just walk by sight. Walking by sight is easy. We've been trained, we've been brought up that way, and now we need to learn an entirely new way of looking at things. It says somebody catches, you know, sometimes people catch it early, and they learn the language early, and they're into it. And other times people are in a faith environment, and yet they're still struggling with it because they've never fully laid a hold of it. Um, I remember uh, Brother Hagen 
talked about just with all the teaching and all the preaching and everything else. He says, some people catch it and they're away with it. He says, no, some never did get it. He says, some, some never got it. Uh, in, in a faith environment uh, and, and benefiting from it to a certain extent, but they themselves never did get it. You see, faith, and again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but faith is a choice. We choose to walk by faith. We choose to adopt the lifestyle of faith. It's not something that we sort of stumble into. We need to be very, very purposeful about it. So let me read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. And these are all good foundational scriptures. Uh, these are all the memory verses uh, that uh, some of us have learned and some of us are still learning, but all key scriptures. Here you go. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Everybody say, through faith. We've already discussed grace, and now we're focusing on the faith aspect of it. He says, and he says, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, not of works, not of having earned it, not of having deserved it. You couldn't buy it. He says, it was by grace, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So what that means is that God, by His grace, has offered us salvation from the consequence of sin. Uh, what is the consequence of sin? Well, it spells, uh, is it, uh, is it two, uh, three, four letters, H-E-L-L. That's the consequence of sin. Hell is the ultimate consequence of sin. But God's saved us from the consequence of sin and a whole range of other things. When we are saved, we're not only saved from hell, but we're saved from a whole bunch of stuff. All right? And he saved us. Um, and the only reason that he was able to save us is because, because Jesus died on the cross, and he, all the judgment that was due to us was laid on Christ on the cross. He paid for it, so now God can let us free uh, because the punishment was laid on Christ. Jesus took the consequences of our sin on himself so that we can be free and we can be saved. Um, so anyway, as we've said before, it says here, by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace or by God's goodness you have been saved through faith. Faith is the key. Faith is the instrument that God used to get us saved. Um, and specifically, we said that faith is like a key that unlocks every blessing and every benefit that God offers to us as part of our salvation. Of course, it's been said that salvation is like a package. It doesn't just mean not going to hell anymore. It's part of that, but there's much, much more. Um, and in fact, uh, the Bible uh, scholar called Schofield, uh, in fact, there's actually a Schofield Bible um, with much notes written in the Bible and everything. Else. How many of you have ever heard of, uh, of Schofield? Uh, Schofield is uh, just a wonderful scholar and just has brought so much contribution into the body of Christ. He talks about salvation and the word saved is a kind of a, the all-inclusive word. All-inclusive, meaning that, yes, it means no longer going to hell, but it also means that we are saved from sickness and disease. We are saved from poverty. We are saved from a kind of accidents and calamities. We are saved from all of this stuff, but we need to know about it because, you see, it's like an insurance policy. You need to know when to put in a claim. You need to know what... what what, what, the, what they're offering to you um, and everything else. And you know, when you pay your policy and when you pay the price, you need to know what the benefits are. Well, you see, for us, Christ has paid 
the price for the policy. And we now need to put in a claim and we need to just decide that we're going to be above uh, sickness and disease, that we're going to be above accidents and calamity, that we're going to be above poverty because Jesus paid for all of that so that we, we are saved from it. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I know that that's up there for many people. Like Many people are so far down in the groove, they look up and it's almost impossible to get up there. But you see, you learn to walk by faith. You learn to walk by faith. It's like, you see, people sometimes expect the wrong stuff. You know, I mean, winter is coming on, and the fact that Vanessa and I will not be experiencing part of the New Zealand winter, uh, you know, we'll have the, 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 the privilege of being able to get into Europe for a little bit to join in with a family wedding. But you know what? Being here or not, I'm expecting to go right through the whole winter without experiencing any colds, any flus, or any other thing. I said, that's my expectation. Now, if I did come down with the flu, don't you worry about it. As I say, my faith is and my confession is that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm not expecting I haven't got any medication lined up. You know, when stuff goes wrong, people say, I already got my medication ready. Well, praise God for medication and, and praise God for all of these other things that help people. I know all about medication. I've been on some medication for 10 years um, until about... 10 years ago, and somewhere along the line, I decided that I needed to crank up my faith level, and I needed to make some lifestyle choices, uh, and, 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 and so praise God for that, but as I say, my expectation is that I'm going to go right through this thing, uh, and then, you know, in a couple of weeks, in fact, next week, we're on the plane, um, I will not give a second thought to... You know, a plane just went down in, in Egypt, uh, we heard about. Uh, they just lost another plane. When I get on my plane, I will not give a second thought about, oh, will this happen to me? Or will this happen today? Or will this happen on my flight? Well, no, it won't. It'll not. It'll not because, you know, I have a habit. When I walk down on the uh, bridge, is that what they call it? The bridge into the plane, I have a habit. When I walk down there, I always take authority. I just not give the devil a chance to get it even sideways. I, I just tell him that I take authority, that I'm in charge here, devil. I'm on this plane and I'm in charge. The devil is not in charge of this flight. I'm in charge of this plane, I'm in charge of this flight, and I'm in charge of its destiny. And I declare that we're going all the way to our destiny, unhindered, untroubled, and unfazed by any situation whatsoever. <laughs> And I do that every time. Um, so I'm, I'll just not give a second thought about, oh, wonderful. If I'm on the, the, the ill-fated flight, well, I'm not. I don't get any ill-fated flights. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we had these storms here in Wellington coming through? I happened to be on a flight from Auckland into Wellington, and I prayed in Auckland, and I hadn't, there was no room for me to be turned back around again to go back up and to stay overnight, as I say, with my schedule. There's just no room for that. Uh, uh, and we flew in. Uh, we came in slightly sideways, and the wings were slightly flapping. You know, it's one thing when the, the wings are doing this, or when they start flapping, you know that you're in wind, and they tell us that we had some 75 k's an hour winds uh, going on and gusts above that. Uh, they tell me that we were on the last flight in, um, and then all the others behind us were turned around and sent back to Auckland again. But you see, uh, people say, oh, you were lucky, weren't you? No, I took authority. I took authority. Hallelujah. And so that's what we do. We learn to take authority. God says, I made you the head and not the tail to be above only and not beneath. 
Hallelujah. That's the lifestyle of faith. People say, you're just bragging. Well, yes, we're bragging on the goodness of God. We're not bragging in ourselves. We're bragging what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We're bragging in the faith that God's given to us that we can develop to a new level and to entirely rise above what the devil would want to throw at us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That's why I said before, you know, that sometimes stuff goes down in other people's lives. But my faith is unshaken, unfaced. I'm not making somebody's experience uh, a doctrine now for something else that is coming up. God's word is not changed. The goodness of God is still there. And I choose to believe in the goodness of God. I choose to believe in the truth of God's word rather than in fact of what we may see happening on the ground. Hallelujah. All right, so um, verse 2 then says, and, and says, By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. That not of yourselves. The word that is reference to faith. Faith, all right? That faith is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. All right? So in God's amazing plan, God's given us grace and with an array of things that are offered to us in God's grace, salvation, and all of these other things. And God says, oh, by the way, you need faith to receive it. And seeing you haven't got any, let me give you the faith to receive what I have provided for you in my grace. So how does faith come to us? Well, faith, as we'll learn in just a moment, and as we are reminding ourselves, faith comes by hearing. And as the Word of God is proclaimed, each word spoken, every sentence spoken is like a little container that contains faith. And as it goes into our heart, it, it pours out faith into our hearts. And that's why when we come away from a, a preaching service, our faith is usually stronger afterwards than it was before. What's, what's happened? We've just heard the word. We've just reminded of some things that we might have already known, but that fresh reminding has caused our faith to. Faith wanes. Faith is not always static. It's not always the same. Depending on what's going on around us and depending on how many attacks are against our faith, and depending on what we've heard, uh, faith will either rise or faith will wane. For listen, I just had some time with some of our pastor friends and uh, talked about, you know, different things that you hear. And then sometimes people, people say things that may sound really good coming from their head. But if we are spiritually minded, we discern things spiritually. We say, no, I don't want to agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it, and I don't want to be rude about it, but I'm not buying into that. Uh, I'm not going to take that on board. Because, you see, if I, if I embrace a lie, it's going to start defeating me from the inside. If I embrace a deception of sorts, it's going to start defeating me from the inside out. It becomes like a virus that will affect everything, and so I will only embrace truth and only agree with truth. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. I remember when Vanessa and I were sitting in the doctor's office some years ago now, and after they'd run some tests and what we'd already seen in terms of uh, you know, some of the seizures that we, she had experienced, uh, the doctor concluded, he said, I need to let you know that you've got epilepsy. 
that uh, that's what we have diagnosed, and you have epilepsy. And I looked around, and Vanessa sort of looked at him, and she says, I'm, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. She didn't say, oh, is that what it's called? Or is that what I've got? She, she wasn't about to agree with it. I mean, we could see what was happening on the ground, but we wasn't going to leave truth and now lower ourselves to fact and start agreeing with fact and say, this is it. No, we decided to remain in truth. Um, and of course, today she's completely healed. She's completely free from any of that trouble. There's not even a trace of it left. I mean, praise God. Uh, though she had to have a little bit of a battle in faith and stand her ground and had to stand our ground together that, uh, you know, what was happening on the ground wasn't going to be permanent. You know, they, they call these things incurable. They call these things we don't know uh, and everything else. But, you know, it's like we had at that moment a decision to make. Well, was we going to agree with the expert? Who is an expert? He was no fool. You you know, like, but he only deals with natural things. He only deals with what, what's on the ground. And praise God for what they're able to do. But, you know, uh, <laughs> medicine, science is limited. God is unlimited. You know, when science imposes an, a, a limited solution on you, or, a, or not even a solution, but a problem, say, this is what, what it is, then we, we swing into truth and we say, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, yeah, well, we're not... Silly ourselves, we can see, we, we know what a, a seizure looks like. I mean, you know, we've gone through uh, lots of them. It's not pretty. But we wasn't going to step down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, say, okay, well, that's what it is, and that's what we have to live with. Let's learn to manage it then. No, we wasn't going to manage it. You know, people, people have sometimes learned to live with demon possession or demon oppression. Well, let's just manage it. Let's go to an anger management uh, course. No, you don't manage your anger. You get rid of it. You confront it. It's a spirit that comes on people. And people afterwards say, I don't know what happened. Yeah, spirit came on. You know, there's a bit of, you know, in the flesh, there's a, it's, a, it's a work of the flesh. The Bible tells us anger is over in, what is it, over in Colossians. Uh, no, it's over in, uh, in Galatians. That's where it is. Galatians chapter 5 speaks about the works of the flesh. Anger, wrath is right in there. It's a work of the flesh. But you know, if you let the work of the flesh unlimited manifest whenever it wants to, a demon will come along and help you. If you enjoy getting angry, a demon's going to help you to get even more angry. Now, you can search your notes from top to bottom. You, this is not in your notes. And I haven't planned to go there. All right. So anyway, let's move on now that some of you are like... <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. It's called stirring the pot a little bit. All right. But anyway, I'm here to encourage you. I'm not here to accuse you. You can overcome. We're talking about building, overcoming faith. By faith, you can overcome every character deficiency. Every, every challenge, every, every issue, every problem can be overcome by faith. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, want to be up to that, not of yourselves. Uh, faith is from God. Even the faith to receive is from God. And the faith comes to us as we hear the word of God proclaimed. So, you know, God by his grace has given us salvation, uh, made available to us healing, made available life of prosperity. And by faith, 
we receive it. John 3.16, probably one of the more well-known verses of Scripture in the entire Bible. Have a look at this. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why has he done that? Because God is a gracious God. God gave by his grace. But here's the, here's the key. He says that whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is belief? It's faith. That whosoever believes. So in other words, God's grace alone is not enough. We have to believe. We have to believe and receive. We have to believe to step into it and lay a hold of it. And faith is like those hands that reach out. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm able to lift heavier things today than what I could when I was two years old. I was able to lift a spoon when I was two years old. But today, it's amazing what I'm able to lift. Why? Because my muscles have grown. It's amazing. In fact, I went to the men's meeting today and really enjoy getting around our small groups and the men's meeting. I went in there and really enjoyed my time with them, but they scared me a little bit. They was having a, a little exercise program on that sort of challenged me a little bit. Anyway, it's all good. I'm just, I'm just uh, having fun, really. And, and you know, how many of you know that it's good to exercise our physical muscles and to do something to live a healthy life? Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. And uh, the Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. Um, and it's wonderful when people make an effort to do some exercising, and, and, and we should, and it's right and it's proper, but we should really make sure that we exercise our spirit and really make sure that we exercise our faith and really make sure that we develop our spirit to an overcoming spirit. Because, you know, uh, our, our natural muscles are no match against the devil and his attacks into our lives. Uh, uh, though I should say that good physical exercise will help to keep sickness at bay. You know, some people are just sick because they're, they're, they're just, you know, they live their life, life like a blob, you know, like just not, not doing anything and feeding all the wrong stuff and everything. You see, one of the things that the guys inspired me at in their small group, they, they, had a, they had a whole month, a whole month of no sugar. And that scared me a little bit because I like my sugar. Um, <laughs> But I try to cut it like way down, like way down. Have a little bit here, a little bit there. I used to live off of sugar. It's no wonder I was on medication for 10 years, having all sorts of uh, issues going on. There's hay fever, headaches, and, and you know, having to get painkillers in wintertime, have it all lined up and everything. And of course, they produce their own problems because there's no such thing as medication without side effects. So, you know, some maybe got to make a switch and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to discipline myself. And I'm going to make certain decisions certain things I will not do anymore, certain things I will not eat anymore, certain lifestyle I'm going to change because, you see, but, you know, these uh, things are connected together, but ultimately we're talking about developing our faith, which means that everything gets pulled up. When we develop our faith, it pulls our body up, it, gets, it pulls our soul up, it gets our mind under control. You know, mind that just wants to be like a wild horse traveling to everything un, unbridled and unhindered. When we start to learn by faith, we, we lay a hold of our thought life. Amen. And we say we control our thoughts rather than our thoughts control us. <laughs> you know, when God created Adam and Eve, he put a he made a body and then he put a spirit and a soul into him. And God basically instructed him to, 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 uh, to rule his life out of his spirit. 
You know, when Adam sinned and he fell, this is how it works. The Bible speaks of spirit, soul, and body. And I've said this before. Spirit, soul, and body. God says, live your life out of your spirit. You know, you have a soul. Use your understanding and, and, you, and you have your thoughts, but don't let them control you. And you have a body, which basically your body is like your earth suit. It means like you can, you can be on the earth. When the body's not good anymore, you've got to leave the earth. Uh, all right. Um, and so when, when Adam sinned and he fell, he flipped the whole thing upside down. So people are now ruled by their body. Uh, people are ruled by their mind and their spirit is suppressed. And when we get born again, God says, I want you to flip this thing back around again, right side up. Live your life out of your spirit. Feed on the word of God to have truth in your life so you can recognize the lie and every deception. Hallelujah. So people are body ruled. Plants are taking over human beings. Weed. People smoking the weed. People become plant-ruled rather than spirit-ruled. Tobacco, plant. Plants taking authority over you. Something's wrong somewhere. <laughs> Vegetables. Vegetables ruling human beings. What is that? <laughs> and I was on both of that stuff, so I know what it's like. <laughs> and I had to extract out of it and lay it down and say, no more of you. No more of you, plant. I now learn how to be happy by myself. I don't need you anymore. Draw my happiness out of my spirit. The Bible speaks of the joy of salvation. Pulling my joy out of that rather than to externally import it with greenery. Or chemicals. <laughs> Grace alone, to get back to our notes. No laughing in church, please. No laughing. This is a serious place. Grace alone is not enough. We must believe. Titus 2, 11 says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. We've been past there a couple of times in our previous series of messages. It basically means that by grace, God is offered salvation to the whole of the human race. Everybody. Amen. Without exception. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. But each individual still have to receive it by faith for themselves. Amen. You know, as every child growing up in a Christian home knows that, you know, you can ride on your parents' faith for a while. But at a certain stage, you're confronted with uh, the situation, will I serve Jesus or will I serve the devil? Will I, will I decide to believe for myself and develop my own, my own faith or will I just uh, try to get by? Because at a certain stage, uh, it's amazing what we can do for our little kids uh, when they're small because they're under authority. But when they become adults themselves, they become responsible to develop their own faith. And sometimes people like move away from home, they don't know what's hit them. It's like moving out from under their parents' faith in, the, in a sense. Now, you know, as far as that's concerned, you know, we, we, we learn that uh, as parents, no matter how many kids there are or, or grandchildren and so forth, we're still the head of the tribe. All right? So we can still pray and we're still trusting God, but ultimately everybody has to develop their own faith. Um, and uh, like somebody said once, God's got, got no grandchildren. God's only got children. 
All right. So it's like nobody will arrive in heaven and say, and Peter standing at the pearly gates, if there were even such a thing, uh, is in Peter standing there, it says, all right, do you have faith? And they might say, no, but my parents have faith. Well, you can't come in here. God's got not grandchildren. God's only got children. All right, so every man, every woman has to develop their own faith. Are we still all right this morning? Very quickly now. Um, what does the phrase by faith mean? And sometimes in order to work out what something means, it's good to establish what it does not mean. Because we do have a lot of baggage attached to certain phrases and terminology, and they can get in the way. Um, so what does by faith not mean? Well, by faith does not mean not working. Now, some of us have been around in the body of Christ and in the churches, you know, for, for, for decades, you know, back in the 80s and in the 90s, and we still hear it today, but maybe not as much. You know, they have somebody say, well, I quit my job, and uh, I now live by faith. So in other words, you all need to help me, because I'm now living by faith. So rather than, you know, they call it living by faith, but it's actually living by hints. You know, somebody so-called quit their job. I remember Vanessa and I went to a seminar uh, many years ago. There was a sort of marriage seminar type thing, and there was a young couple, lovely people. Uh, they quit their job to be able to serve God uh, in the ministry, um, and there wasn't any income, uh, uh, as it were. So they said, all right, everybody, we quit our job, and uh, we're now living by faith. Um, well, the reality is we're all called to w live by faith. Yeah. All right. And of course, one shouldn't do silly things and quit a job unless that that's absolutely what God told us to do. And then, and then it doesn't mean that we stop working. Uh, everybody works. Uh, and one thing that I sometimes tell our leaders is, I say, you know, if anybody aspires to go into ministry and they're scared of work, don't, don't go anywhere near ministry. Ministry is a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of work. So if people are allergic to work, they're no good for ministry. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Praise God. And... Uh, so the reality is we're all called uh, to walk, to live by faith. Every one of us. Work or otherwise. In fact, of course, that is another aspect of it. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So, you know, and after not eating for a while, that should motivate us to get out there and to do something. Now, this is not a dig at those that are in between jobs right now. As far as I'm concerned, there's no such thing as unemployed people. There's only people in between jobs. Um, and, uh, and that's... Uh, that's another language of faith. You know, people say, oh, I'm unemployed. And, well, that's no good then. If you say, I'm in between jobs right now, it means that we are shortening down the time that you come away from your last job until you walk into your future job, and you're just in between jobs right now, and that's okay. But we still ought to be working. We still ought to put our hands to something. You know, there is such a thing as voluntary labor. Rather than sitting on our hands all day and not doing anything, we, we do something. All right, we're not limited. Uh, uh, and, and so, uh, anyway, that wasn't in, in my notes either. So, praise God. Let's move on from there. So, by faith does not mean not working. Romans 1.16, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. And here it is, for everyone who believes. So, the gospel is the power for salvation, but it really ultimately only gets activated in the life of the one who believes. 
for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? That's us, the believers. We have been justified, the Bible says. We are the just ones. The just shall, not should, they shall live by faith. What's the difference? Well, should means well, could or could not. But when it says shall live, that's a command. Every believer is called to live by faith. And we need to learn what that means to live by faith. We need to learn the language of faith. We need to feed our faith so it can be strong. And particularly in these last days so that we can overcome in every situation. Number two. By faith does not mean some mysterious belief held by a spiritual elite group. Doesn't mean that. Sometimes people think that faith is only for, you know, the real spiritual ones that are like up there and most of us are way down here and, 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 and all the others are up there and everything. No, 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 it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. The truth is we can all have faith. Every believer, in fact, you can't even get saved without faith. So, you know, it's like the entry point into the kingdom is already faith. And if we learn the mechanism of how we got saved and what actually took place here, we can apply that principle in every situation and in every area of our lives. John 3.14 uh, again. Now let's have another look at this. Uh, verse 14, Jesus speaking, says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him, notice the phrase, whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. So who will not perish and will have everlasting life? The one who believes. In the King James Version, it says, whosoever believes. Whosoever means anybody can have faith. You see, faith is as much a choice as it is a result of us hearing the Word of God. So we choose somewhere along the line, so I'm, I'm going to be one of those faith people. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to be one of those believers. So, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, um, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, he who believes in him will not be condemned. That word condemned there is speaking of eternal damnation. He says, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he who does not believe in the name, uh, because he has not rather believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So, believing in Christ or walking by faith is a choice that we make. It's like God's put this situation right in front of us. He says, you, you make your choice. You know, we sometimes use a uh, phrase, we talk about that we are free moral agents. Human beings are free moral agents. We're not robots. God hasn't created us robots that just... You know, like, do this, do that, and God pulls strings. God says, I've given you free choice. You choose. My back, God speaking to Israel, and it applies to us the same. God says, I've put before you death and life. Blessing and cursing. He says, you choose. Well, I mean, it's, it's not rocket science what we want. 
But if we want blessing in life, we need to walk by faith. Because that's how we lay a hold of it. Here in Joshua chapter 14, verse uh, chapter 24, rather, verse 14, this is just such a powerful um, statement here. But Joshua is speaking to the people. It says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. It's a call. Come on, guys. Serve the Lord. Put away your idols. Um, verse 15, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, he says, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said, I've decided that for me and my house, we're going to be faith people. We're going to walk by faith here. That we will not entertain idols. We will not serve demons. We will not go back to what our parents have done way back or the inhabitants around us. The Amorites, they all had their own little gods and all their little things. And, you know, the reality is uh, that sometimes you can get uh, people, particularly out of idolatrous uh, environments, uh, multi-god religions. It's not that hard to get them to receive Jesus. So thank God, just in case. <laughs> just in case. But Jesus will only be received at the, at the denial of all the other gods. Yeah. Right. Bible says that there is no other name under heaven that is given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name. There no, there's not 15 gods. There's not 35. There's not thousands. There's only one God. And when we accept the one God, we need to forsake all the others. We put our trust no longer in idols. We put our trust no longer in humanism. Put our trust no longer in, in whatever we might have trusted in before. People sometimes trust in money. You know, the Bible says some trust in horses and some in chariots, but our trust is in the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, uh, Joshua says, we, we choose to be faith people. And, and uh, I encourage you to choose to be a man or a woman of faith. Then number three, by faith does not mean wishing or hoping. doesn't mean that. People say, well, I'm just a wishing and a praying. Well, praying's good, but wishing, you know, wishing luck, wishing well, toss a coin, Maybe the gods, plural, might hear us wishing. That is just, that's just not walking by faith at all. <laughs> so just because we wish or hope for something to happen doesn't make it happen. Brother Hagen has taught extensively on the whole area of faith, taught on hope, taught on love. And by the way, faith and hope are not the same thing. They work together, but they're not the same thing. And he'd teach faith and then he'd pray for people in the area of healing. Um, and he'd pray for them. And then he'd say, did you get it? And people say, I hope so. He said, you didn't get it. He'd move on to the next person. Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
It's just, you know, that's why when somebody prays for me, I, I usually say, I receive. This is mine. I receive now. Because faith receives. Hope only hopes, but faith receives. Hope is future. Faith is now. And we're going to get into some of that in time to come. But faith is now. And people say, I hope that God's going to heal me. Well, you see, hope is always like an hour away, always a day away. And then, like, hope is always tomorrow. And they get into tomorrow and say, do you think that God's going to come through for you? I hope so. And then they just put it another day away. And then it's always in the future. It's a little bit like that carrot that they stuck out in front of that donkey. He's forever chasing the carrot, but never catching up because he doesn't have faith. But we have faith. We lay, we lay a hold of the carrot now. And, and we're not even moved by what we see on the ground. <laughs> Come here, carrot. <laughs> you see, many people hope to go to heaven, but ultimately it's not the hopers that go to heaven, but only the believers. You think about this. Do you think you'll go to heaven? It's not hard to figure out who is saved and who is not saved. Do you think you'll go to heaven one day? I hope so. I immediately know they're not going. If they say, I hope so. I immediately know they're not going. Why? Because a, a believer says, yeah, I'll go to heaven because I've received Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. We have what we call assurance of salvation. Faith is assurance of things hoped for. It is evidence of things not seen. Is anybody excited here this morning? How many of you are upset with me by now? I think I've trampled around a little bit. I might have stood on a couple of toes here or there. But listen, I love you, and uh, this is all to help us. All right? Praise God. Everybody smile. Just a big smile. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's right. So, so quickly now, as we uh, finish now here in 1 Corinthians 1, um, 1 Tim, uh, Peter, rather, f- chapter 1, verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. So in other words, you don't just carry on doing what your fathers have done. If they weren't walking by faith, don't do what your parents have done. And not about disloyalty. It's not about putting anybody down. But we're simply saying in order to, to, to walk by faith, we need to divorce ourselves from certain things, from emotional entanglement and from cultural bondages and to move into something that God's provided for us. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and spot, uh, without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in his last days to you who through him believing God, who raised him from the dead and gave him, uh, gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. See, our faith and our hope is in God. It's not just the one, not just the other, both. Faith and hope are not the same thing. They are also traveling companions and they work together. But just operating in hope is not going to make it happen. It's faith and hope. And then finally, as we move towards conclusion of our message, how can we have faith? Well, we've quoted it several times along the way. Here in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. If I understand that faith comes by hearing, I'm going to up my word intake. 
I'm going to increase my word intake. So that means if, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, and, and the Greek word in there speaks about the, the rhema of God, the proclaimed word of God, then preaching will, will raise my faith to a new level. Then I, if there's preaching going on, I'll always be there. Then Sunday service attendance no longer is an optional thing for me. I'll always make an effort to be there because I need that. My faith needs to be fed, and, and, and I, I need that word intake so that my faith can be operating at a higher level. Hallelujah. See, faith comes by hearing God's word proclaimed. It is the result or the product of hearing God's word proclaimed, preached. And uh, when the hearing of God's word is reduced, my faith level is reduced. That's what we said before. It fluctuates sometimes, and sometimes it has its ups and downs, whereas really God is plain, it only has ups, ups. <laughs> okay. And then if the, the, the word intake wanes, then faith wanes. When the word intake increases, then my faith increases. So if, if I understand that system, then I'll just make sure I've got plenty of word intake. And then secondly here, um, in Luke chapter 22, verse 31, we'll close with this verse here. Um, verse 31, verse 32. Uh, the Lord said to Simon, he says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. See, faith doesn't come by praying. Faith comes by hearing. But when we pray, it strengthens the faith that we've got. So I encourage you to up your word intake. And I encourage you to up your prayer. Last week we had a call uh, to, for people to pray for half an hour in tongues every day. It'll do wonders for the faith that you got. Not gonna, it's not going to increase it beyond where it is, but it'll strengthen what you got. And you get your word intake up and you get your prayer up and there will be stronger faith for the days to come. There's nothing that the devil can throw at us that we cannot overcome, that we don't have answers for, that we do not have wisdom for, because walking by faith lifts us above any earth earthly situation or any spiritual thing that the devil can throw at us. Praise God.